greetings. So the first 15 minutes of this episode, I recorded outside by the water, and the quality is very, very shitty. So if you want to hear the origin story and the myth-making of my spiritual journey that I'm celebrating a four-year anniversary with meditation, uh, you can try to listen to those first 14 minutes. But it's really those in those 14 minutes is a prayer to God. I was praying by the water and what I was contemplating. But the bulk of this episode starts at the around 1445. So if you don't, if you just want the quality audio, I would skip to about 1445 and begin the episode there. Greetings. I am calm and quiet and serene and in a lavish spot across the river from Manhattan on the East River and I'm hoping and praying that the wind doesn't really fuck up this episode too much, but this episode is really for my own therapy and my own little journal session, more than any of the other episodes I've really ever recorded. And this view is very meaningful and precious to me. I imagine it was like the view from Moses when he finally got to, to see the promised land. For a couple years, I used to look at this view from a hotel in Long Island City when I used to come and visit my sister in the city. And the hotel room had floor-to-ceiling windows. So I always had the lovely opportunity to dream falling asleep to the Empire State Building Rock to the Chrysler Building to this just whole skyline. It kind of lit up in like a metaphor and like the green light across the river in Gatsby. And really any metaphor of any meaning in any novel. And I just really think my spiritual journey began in the times that I had the opportunity to, to look at this view that I cherish so deeply and people are walking by. So... Two very cute dogs just walked by. And so this this spiritual journey for me, this episode comes out on my twenty second birthday. And this is also the week of my four year anniversary uh, meditating and going to a Buddhist Zen Buddhist temple and learning and hearing the Dharma, and I really do think this view triggered it. And I just remember being 16 and 17 and knowing that I would one day pursue a life here. And it took time, but eventually that dream did manifest. I'm incredibly grateful. And really, this is a reflection because I feel like I've lost that sense of play and wonder that I used to carry when I looked at this view before I lived here because uh, Rumi says a similar part in one of his poems that uh, when you were young, all you used to play, and now all you care about is money. And that's very true, but it's not just money, it's other sins and other forms that cause suffering that I think really keep me from being present and keep me from having childlike thoughts of the city and the playground that this place really is. And I was just sitting here, 
praying, talking to God, looking at the Empire State Building. Uh, because really, uh, all the city, all the water, the bench I'm sitting on, to me, it's a manifestation of God herself. And I, I didn't want to scroll on my phone, but I, and I didn't want to listen to music, and I really didn't want to just sit in silence. I, I didn't necessarily want to contemplate, I just wanted to, to pray. And I really only pray when it comes naturally to me. And I was raised Catholic, and I didn't always love being raised Catholic, and I didn't agree with everything I saw and felt in the church. It never felt right. I didn't feel like Mass every Sunday for 45 minutes was meaningful to me. And I was having a lot of trouble with my then relationship with the Christian God I believed in throughout high school. And it really started after I would come back from these trips of New York and <laughs> really just detest where I lived and being in high school. And of course, I was 16. Shout out to Holden Caulfield. I feel like now I felt like him then. And I really felt like a phony back then. And I, I wanted to get out of my high school. I was closeted and everyone fucking Okay, that's really rude. I loved dearly the relationships and friends I had in high school, and that I still have today. I'm thinking especially of my girl Bree and Britt. I love you. Um, I'm so, so um, calm by the water. And I'm also slightly, like, looking around and feeling nauseous and... Like, I'm like, can people hear me? And if people can hear me, uh, like, what are they thinking? So all these people are walking their dogs right now, and I'm not just having a conversation with myself. Um, but it probably looks like that. But um, I can thank the AirPods for that. Yeah, so I wanted to come out here uh, because it felt really natural to, like, I was just drawn... Um, by some invisible string to come sit out here and do some reflection because that's what felt natural to me. That's all I can really say. There are literally two people standing right in front of me right now and I hope they can't hear me talking about them. But yes, I only really pray when it feels natural. And this episode is really based on uh, a reflection I have wanted to do in my spiritual journey for so long and I feel like four years is a long time I've been meditating and contemplating and journaling and finding and refinding God believing and disbelieving in God again and this all really was a turbulent four years I contemplated death a lot about what it would be like to die for a very long time and after I started coming to New York as a 15, 16 year old I, I was worried that I would die before I ever got the chance to live here and as I had to graduate high school and finding what I wanted to do after high school, it became very torturous and nerve-wracking. It really threw me into like a crisis, um, perhaps a spiritual awakening, if I can use that term loosely. Um, and one night I googled how to find happiness and meditation came up and I thought, what the fuck is meditation? And the next day, I went to a Zen center in Pittsburgh, the Zen center of Pittsburgh. Amazing place, very welcoming. I was up all night the night before because I didn't know what to wear to go meditate uh, with other Buddhists. 
I sat there for 40 minutes meditating, feeling completely fucked up in my head. So self-conscious because I'm fidgety, I have like ADHD and I'm moving all around. And these people legit just sat there for 40 minutes and I wholeheartedly thought that they had no thoughts, that they were completely present and calm and that they'd completely dissolved into the cushion they were sitting on and returned to pure being. Um, since those four years, I learned the case and I can't mostly sit for 40 minutes, though sometimes I do have to move four or five times. And, and it's been a hell of a journey to where I am now. Well, I just took a gasp of silence. Kind of contradictory. This is a very weird episode, but I think I'm just going to post it anyway. I know it's like not, it's not usual, it's not usually how I go. But, I don't know, and now I'm walking, so it's like you guys are walking with me. And I don't know, for this episode, I really just, whoever actually listens to this, too. There's so much pearls in it turbulence or any spiritual journey of any kind and just as humans it really is a spiritual experience and whether you want to label it or not or just the shifting winds of change or honoring your incarnation as it flows through the different stages I I think taking the time for that and meditating and contemplating or praying about dealing with change, surrendering to change, surrendering to where you are now, surrendering that you once felt this way and you may not anymore. And that's a, a real struggle I'm facing now. And it feels very familiar to four years ago when I found Buddhism and meditation because I had to graduate high school and I had to find college. And it turned out that where I went to college, it didn't work for me. And I took time away from school and I did service work and volunteer work for a year and then I moved to the city and then a pandemic happened and now we're still in a pandemic I literally I'm recording it's like a year after it started a year of my 21st birthday being 21 I just spent in the pandemic and in two months I have to graduate college and so I kind of am shedding the identity of student and trying to figure out slowly how to let it go because I think I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose like a lot of freedom just because my schedule offers so much time, multiple days off in a row. And being online, I can do my work from anywhere. And letting that go and possibly having to find like a job that works like most likely nine to five just to survive is very frightening for me. That's a very frightening transition. And it's not that I don't... It's a frightening transition, and it's not that I'm resisting it, and it's not that I don't want it. I do, because that's just honoring the next stage of where I am in this point in my life. But it's hard to let go. And that is what kind of drew me to the water to find that space for me and figure out how to let go 
and that's dumb to even say because I know I'm not really trying to like go really not you know, I'm out of breath because I'm fucking walking and they don't even know what I'm saying so there are people all around me and I feel insane but I was drawn to the water because I was seeking I sought out space and quiet with a view that once provided me comfort and hope and my dilemma is that the view doesn't really offer me hope and comfort anymore and that's worrisome to me and it's kind of fucking me up in the head but I am gonna invite everyone who really is listening to this reflect on where they've been and where they want to go. It's not to create goals and it's not to have desires to manifest. It's more of just honoring where you are now in this exact moment and honoring how your body feels right now and honoring that, honoring whatever your thoughts are telling you right now, honoring the things that you may wake up from in the middle of the night, and things that you may not be able to fall asleep. I have no desire to give gratitude right now or any of that shit. I just wanted to talk out loud, and I'm putting into a podcast because... No. What the fuck else am I supposed to do on my birthday Eve when I haven't read any new books to record for a podcast? So, fair enough. Jesus said, be like the children. Remy said, the tale. All the mystics do. I think that really. And I'm trying to figure out how to feel like a child again. And I'm wondering if that's even possible, or if by honoring the different stages of the spiritual journey, I have to honor that that is gone. But then I also think how this capitalist society we live in destroys creativity and destroys any way to really find, like, feeling like a child again. I mean, half the time I feel like I only exist if I'm purchasing something. It should be. I should only feel like I exist if I'm creating something, and the things I'm creating should only be for myself, not for ego-based, for fame or recognition or any fucking shit like that. And that reminds me, I did paint two things last night. I took time and listened to Arnold Monday's Thank You Next album, and I painted myself two paintings, and it felt really lovely. Well. I'm going to end this for now. Maybe freeze you. In a minute. Hello. If you made it through the first 14 minutes of that disaster, cheers. And if not, and you're just starting off this podcast now, greetings. And I'm talking a lot about Rumi today and Christ and the Buddha in my own spiritual journey because I really like what they have to say around what I've been seeking and what I've been having anxiety about lately. 
And to start off, one of my favorite quotes by Rumi, I totally forgot until I just said the word seeking is what you seek is seeking you. I've always loved that by Rumi. But if you missed the first 15 minutes of this episode, and or if you did hear it, I am inside now and I will just give a refresher. I was sitting in Domino Park in Williamsburg on the East River across from Manhattan and I was just scanning and panning from the bridge to the World Trade Center to the Empire State Building to the Chrysler Building to 432 Park Avenue to the Queensboro Bridge and I just was sitting in silence and I was really drawn there because I felt like I needed to talk and by talk I mean pray and I'm not one to pray often. I pray when it feels right when I'm feeling called to do so. And I really felt that I needed to go take a walk and saunter around the city at night because it was a nice, lovely 60 degree day. And I knew the city would be slightly warmer than usual at this hour. And, and so I was saying how this week, the week of my 22nd birthday, which this episode comes back on is also four years since I began meditating and I began listening to Dharma talks at a Buddhist temple. And it's really a significant week for me because I've never sat back and actually reflected on my spiritual journey and the pearls and the hardships of said journey. And now here I am four years later and I'm talking about this on a podcast and I'm really looking back at my younger self with extreme gratitude because as my myth-making story goes, I was going through a crisis my senior year of high school and I was having trouble sleeping for a long time. I was not even contemplating death at that point. I was terrified of death. I was terrified that I, there was a chance that I would not make it out of high school, that I would not get to leave where I was from, that I would not get to live in New York City, because I really do believe the skyline of Manhattan <laughs> in the most dramatic and Gatsby fashion is the reason my spiritual journey started in high school, in deepest gratitude for my sister who lived here and who got to experience the city while I was younger and I got to join her and visit and I would fall asleep staring at the Manhattan skyline wondering 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 about people wondering what people were doing in the city what people's stories were what crises people were experiencing are people like me is there something wrong with me or does everyone feel this way and getting experience in New York City when I was in high school really led me to an interest in people watching and the psycho psychology of people. And it really influenced, I think, my religious beliefs. I think I was drawn by some little invisible string to Buddhism because of the way I used to fall asleep to the skyline wanting to live in this city. And so here I am four years later, and I could make this episode about what I learned from meditating, how meditating changed my life, and it has done these things. But tonight, as I was looking at the skyline, 
I was struggling to stay present and my thoughts were stay present, you have to be present, you have to be present. And those were really unhealthy thought patterns I noticed. And I was but I was having trouble letting go of them. I was having trouble surrendering to the moment I had, the moment that I was in and that true moment was that I was unable to stay present. I was stuck in my head and I wanted to listen to music. I didn't feel safe or comfortable in my body and nothing was necessarily wrong, but that was my experience in the moment and I was having trouble honoring it. And I was sitting at the sky and staring at the skyline and I felt a deep sadness and longing for a return to childhood and not to be a child, but what it was like to feel like a child, that freedom, like the breeze of wind in the hair and the breeze of play. And as Rumi says, all people on the planet are children, except for very few. No one has grown up except those free of desire. And obviously as children, we have desire and we have suffering as children, but there's something inherently different about that desire and suffering as children and as adults. There's a playfulness, I think, that we lose. We lose, as children, we feel like the parable of the birds in the Bible that were taken care of by something outside of ourselves, that there is chance for laughter and joy. And we kind of find that laughter and joy easily and naturally inside ourselves. And we look at the world with a sense of wonder and that mystery of life is really instilled in us. And as adults, at least in my experience, I feel like I've lost that playness. Not always, but I've lost it to anxiety and people-pleasing and judging others and fearing has, and fearing others of judging me. I lost it to anxiety about money. I lost it. Anxiety about fantasy from sex and relationships and drama and friendships. And also, like Rumi says, as I was sitting by the water in that stillness of the city, well, it wasn't really fucking still. It was pretty fucking loud. But I, he says, but listen to me for one moment. Quit being sad. Hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. God, but listen to me. For one moment, quit being sad. Hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. God, the only real rest comes when you're alone with God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Those words really just hit. And in Rumi also, I'm trying to find it in my, in my book. I'll have to find it because I don't remember the quote exactly. But Rumi talks about... When you're young, you play and you laugh and there's joy. And you're old. And now all you worry about is money. And money can be replaced with anything we worry about that we didn't have that sense of worry when we were younger. 
or maybe we did in different ways, and our needs weren't always met when we were younger, both consciously and unconsciously. But I'm hoping to find other people that maybe resonate that they're missing this sense of playfulness and joy in the everyday. And that's something I've been struggling with lately. Because in my head, I'm, I'm a, I, I tell myself a story that, okay, I had my fun in New York. If I don't look at the skyline and it doesn't bring me joy anymore, maybe it's time to find a new city. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll go to Paris and it will be fresh and a mystery for a while and perhaps a mystery much longer because of culture differences and a language barrier and that learning that comes involved with moving to a new city. But one day I may look at Paris and the rooftops and the Eiffel Tower and find a sense of boringness and, and a sense of black and white. And, and how can I, and, but how can I reconnect with that childlike play and that childlike wonder now in my adult life when I have anxiety over money, anxiety over health, anxiety over fighting a job, anxiety over politics, anxiety over this and that and this and that. And is there room for play? Or is this just a part of my life I have to honor, honor the times that I was able to be a young child and have that sense of mystery? and honor that time period, and now I'm in a place where, I yes, I can drink wine, and I can have friends and go on dates, but do I really have to let go of that sense of mystery and awe, or is it really a question of being present and prioritizing and stepping away from phones and social media, and these are all things I've been contemplating lately? because I would love to step back into color. I'd love to be more present. And of course, one of the things I have gotten the opportunity with meditation was being present and was, the, and was freedom from some anxiety and freedom from limiting beliefs. But it's very, very, very hard to take that with you in New York City when I'm off the cushion or when I'm in conversation with friends in a coffee shop and I'm distracted by all the stimulus. And so I'm really setting intentions and I'm really setting space and time away from screens and social media and to really hopefully connect with childlike wonder. And this began yesterday when I put on my favorite Ariana Grande album and I painted myself two little canvases that I have hanging in my room now. And I did it for the act of creativity, for the process of creating. I didn't, I let go of wanting to be good. I let go of the outcome and I tried to remain very present in the process of my paintbrush and moving it around and mixing colors together. And I really was delighted by taking the time to do that. And I delighted in the process. And I have this lovely little portrait of my favorite Ariana Grande song hanging on my wall. The song is called Imagine. I'm going to play the whistle tones.
Actually, I would play the Mistletones, but I've been struggling to record this episode for so long. All I want to do right now is watch Shit's Creek, and I don't take my podcast seriously enough to edit the Whistletones into this episode, so I'm sorry. And like all my episodes, and like all Roberto Bolaño novels, there's really no conclusion. <laughs> the episode remains a mystery. And I like that my episodes remain a mystery. But for anyone who really is listening or anyone that's wondering how to be more present or how to find the childlike wonder in the world again or how to let go of outcomes and focus on the process and journey of things, cue Miley Cyrus's The Climb. I hear you and I'm, I'm really with you. And I was just reading Rumi poems and recording this, and I must say they really kind of focused me and made me present, which was really nice. And I just found this piece of paper in my book of Rumi poems, and it says, my intention is being realized. Everything is working towards its realization, and everything is unfolding as it should. I am in the right place at the right time. And motherfucker, Rumi just sent me a message from beyond. And I am like, I feel really, oh oh my God. And I just flipped to a page that says, going back to a simpler self gives wisdom. When a man makes up a story for his child, he becomes a father and a child together listening. Oh my God, I'm fucking dead. This is so joyful to read from this poem. So I'm going to read you guys some Rumi poems to connect with your inner child. Hold on, let me find a good one. Stop the words now. Open the window in the center of your chest and let the spirits fly in and out. Many things must be left unsaid because it's late. But whatever conversation we haven't had tonight, we'll have tomorrow. Oof, that would be such a good quote for a character. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. I'm getting so sentimental. When you're walking through the graveyard at night and you see a boogeyman, run at it and it will go away. Oh, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Anyone pulled from a source longs to go back. Anyone pulled from a source longs to go back. I believe there's a quote, and I forget where it's written or who said it, that we are all just walking each other home. And I really felt that looking at the skyline tonight. But listen to me, for one moment, quit being sad. Hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. Why do you stay in prison when the door is wide open? That is my question. I'm leaving you guys for the week. And it is from Rumi. And I'll, I hope you get to journal what that question means for you and what prisons you may be keeping yourself in, what limiting beliefs you may be keeping yourself in. How are you holding back from your dreams? Why do you stay in prison when the doors are wide open? <sighs>